direction. Let's go. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. I did what I came to do. We'll find out. We'll find out. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. Expression goes, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. We'll find out. We'll find out. Been a long day for y'all. I just finished the last meeting. I made it clear to President Putin. I told him, corn pop was a bad dude. Bottom line is, I told President Putin, I got hairy legs. After two hours there, we looked at each other like, okay. What next? You've heard me say this before again and again. I'm going to keep saying it. Come on, man. I made it clear. Well, I tell you what, I'm doing, I'm, I'm following the rules, man. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. I did what I came to do. We'll find out. We'll find out. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. Expression goes, the proof of the pudding's in the evening. We'll find out. We'll find out. Biden said he'd invade Russia. You know, I, that was a joke. This is not a kumbaya moment. Let's hug and love each other. Folks, look, I caught part of President uh, Trump, uh, Putin's press conference. I told him, come on, man. I'm going to keep saying it. Come on, man. And, uh, and so it was, uh, it was kind of after, uh, 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 uh well, anyway. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. I did what I came to do. We'll find out. We'll find out. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. Expression goes, the proof of the is in the evening. We'll find out. No, я думаю, что для всех очевидным является тот факт, что президент Байден. Ну, когда конкретно там завтра, послезавтра это вопрос коллеги на рабочем уровне определяться с составом этих делегаций. Не было никакой враждебности, наоборот, наша встреча происходила. Я думаю, ничего сложного не скажу. Это будет понятно, это будет понятно. Торговые отношения, да, еще говорили о сотрудничестве в Арктике. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. I did what I came to do. We'll find out, we'll find out. This is about why I say what I say, do what I do. Expression goes, the proof of the is in the evening. We'll find out, we'll find out. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Kermensch the Frog, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. So we're doing just all random stuff now. It's not comic book. Just it's it's literally whatever I come up with in the two and a half minutes before I have to say it. In that very moment. Well, I love it, and that's is mildly Jewish. It's at least Yiddish-themed. Folks, it's thanks Yiddish, so much for right. tuning into this amazing episode of The Muddy Waters of Freedom. Be sure to share it and like it and subscribe and comment and do all the stuff that makes the algorithm think that you like us, because you do. Um, and be sure, of course, if you're doing it on YouTube, be sure to hit the bell. Hit the bell. Just hit that bell, and that way your phone will explode every single time we go live. The last thing that we want is for you to be missing out on Muddy Waters goodness. Give the gift of Muddied Waters today. Kids love it. Kids love it. First and foremost, allow me to thank the fantastic and wonderful people at 
siestacava.com for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. If you have yet to try the libertarian Kool-Aid, go to siestacava.com for the kava. And allow me to think, le bleu, le bleu, delicious French-sounding water that's made in America, so I don't know why they call it le bleu. It doesn't come from the place called le bleu. It's just... Pula Vanaka. Um, is it French? We have a really big shoe. Really we big do have shoe a big tonight. We have a fantastic big we have a shoe. Big, big guest coming up. We have two whole topics. And we got the Chris Reynolds mint thing where we talked to you. No? Okay. So Well, two whole topics. I wouldn't really give us two whole topics. We got a topic and a half. We have like, no, I mean, we have like seven whole topics. Oh, okay. We got a lot of stuff happening. We so got a lot of stuff. With, a, lot a lot of stuff, stuff. going on. And, and all stuff, of it is of brought to you by. Is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. The second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. I said that correctly. You people made this joke. The second largest caucus and the fastest growing caucus, not the second, fa- the fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party. At the current rate, sometime this summer, we will become the largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. And if you'd like to become a member, you can go to Muddied Waters, well, go to the Facebook group, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, to sign up today. And if you'd like to become an official voting member, whatever the hell that means, go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and you can buy some uh, official Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus buttons and shirts, which makes you a voting member. And that doesn't mean anything because we don't vote on anything. But anyway, uh, the Gravy King, Cumberland Cannabis. If you'd like to buy weed from Tennessee, then you can go to cumberlandcannabisco.com. It's viable, ethical, and effective weed. Joe Solosky, he's running for governor of Pennsylvania. Joe Solosky is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to see and help him become the first libertarian governor in American human history, go to Joe Solosky, that's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com. Jack Casey wrote these books. What are they about? I don't know. Neither does Matt. We're never going to read them. Look at them. They look great. You should read them. The Royal Green and In Silver Throne did throne it did and these books who knows what they're about sure they're great probably sure uh and they have they're written book. by jack casey that's all yeah, anyone needs to know they're written by jack casey possible cult leader jack casey uh <laughs> i don't know what to tell you about these books actually i do know what to tell you if you go to the royalgreen.com you can buy them today and he has a third book coming out sometime this summer which it already is so i don't know why it's not out yet but anyway uh and it's called crowned by gold and he said if you buy 10,000 of them together, he will rename it to whatever you want it to be. Because then he'll be rich. And he doesn't care what it's called anymore. Also, Mudwater. Yay, Mudwater. I forgot what the thing I want to say. Oh, this is a very well-named product for this show because we're called the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Get it? Mudwater. <laughs> they didn't know what we were called. Uh, folks, if you... They did. They this- absolutely knew what we were called. Oh, that was they? my entire pitch to them. Oh. I was like, we're named Muddied Waters and you are Mud Water. So obviously, 
don't listen to our podcast just to advertise with us no they knew all about it folks if you woke up today and said hey coffee f you coffee I want something else that still doesn't taste that great, but it's neuroprotective. It doesn't have quite as much caffeine, so I won't feel like I want to die partway through lunch. Well, I want something that has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. Well, folks, I have some fantastic news for you. If you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, M-U-D, you can go and buy some of this sweet-ass coffee alternative, and it tastes like cacao masala chai and mushrooms and turmeric and sea salt and cinnamon it tastes like that is that good pew it's if you put honey in it it tastes like that and honey i have it every day (laughs) so here's what i can tell you i have it every single day and if i seem wired right now well then that's how much you should have muddywatersmedia.com slash mud and we have a special announcement we have a contest where you can get a gun if you you can win this gun it's a g-force g12 12 gauge home defense shotgun that's what it's for home defense that's the only reason you'd use this and you can win it by going to paypal.me slash lpms slash 10 and uh you can uh if you make a ten dollar at least ten dollar contribution and put in the comments gun raffle uh, you will get a ticket, and in, in $10 increments, you can buy as many tickets, uh, well, up to, I think there's about 40 left. Um, there are going to be 150 tickets total, and one of the winners will be picked, and you will get this. Whoever gets Whoever's ticket is picked will win this G-Force G12 12-gauge home defense pistol grip shotgun. Boom, boom, boom. Supplied by Darnell's Guns. This helps us to get the Muddy Waters media team down to Tunica, Mississippi, for uh, the upcoming Breaking Boundaries event in Tunica, Mississippi, brought to you by the Libertarian Party of Mississippi and Muddied Waters Media. Matt? Uh, real quick to the Eskimo Libertarian in the comments. Um, I heard coconut oil is a good additive for mud water. Uh, actually, when you if you get if you go to muddiedwaters.com slash mud and you get the starter pack, they will give you what what was that? It's like a coconut oil. Oh, it's like a creamer. It's a coconut oil creamer. But yeah, Yeah. if you just use coconut oil, it kind of turns into a creamer. Like when you put it in, it can be used Mm -hmm. just as a creamer. It's similar to a creamer. And then you can have bulletproof, uh, bulletproof coffee. Someone asked for the link in the comments. Um, uh, I think for the PayPal thing. Um, PayPal. What is it? Not me. Slash paypal.me slash lpms slash 10 slash 10 there you go that's the link uh to buy tickets i believe there's about 40 left and uh you too can help money waters media get to tunica mississippi and then you might get a gun you could get a gun just for getting us to tunica mississippi and the odds uh, are we good gotta... it's one out of 150 it's not even like you know it's not even like a, you know, it's not like a million people. We should have done that. Right. Then we could have gotten $10 million. But we didn't. We didn't. Uh, yeah, we got a huge show, so yes. uh, we should probably stop. We should probably doing start the... with the show, yeah. <laughs> we should probably yeah, do so... the show. Um, 
we probably so uh, we we were supposed to have this guest on a while ago, and we yep. feel very bad that we weren't able to get him on before uh, due to technical issues. So many technical issues <laughs> I that you're day. Shocked to hear that there are uh, technical issues with this show. But joining us all the way from the River Valley District in Illinois, please welcome with us Brody Anderson. Brody, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. No, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we uh, made it even after all those technical issues. Yes, yeah, me too, absolutely. especially since they were all my fault. <laughs> so, Brody, tell us a little bit about yourself. You uh, you won an election, and uh, you were elected to a six-year term uh, with the River Valley District Library Board of Trustees, which is really cool. But before we get to that, I want to, we want to hear a little bit about you. Anytime we have someone on for the first time, we like to hear about their background, where they, namely how they became a libertarian. That's our, our big shtick here. So everyone has their libertarian genesis story. Um, tell us the, the Brody genesis story. Well, um, my story is, it, it's kind of weird, but so are all of them, I think. So um, I was, uh, in case you can't tell, I'm, I, I'm pretty young myself. I'm uh, 26 years old. And I was in high school back in the 2012 election. Um, and I remember this very Me too. well. <laughs> I, uh, I remember this. Uh, Wait, we had he got a kicked mock out. election. He was told What's that? to please stop coming back to this school. <laughs> um, anyways, it. So I, uh, we had a mock election, right? Much like most schools do, right? So, you know, you have the sample ballot printed off in, you know, 2012. So there's, there's Obama, there's Romney, right? So forth and so on. And I remember going to vote. And I remember looking at the ballot and there was other people on the ballot other than just <laughs> Democrats and Republicans. And I sat right. there, and I, I remember sitting and looking at this ballot and I thought to myself, what do we know about these people, right? They've got no media exposure. They have uh, didn't get on the debate, so I haven't seen any ads or anything from them. So I remember sitting there and I thought to myself, well, this is bizarre. I don't know anything about these people. And me being a, a curious person by nature, I uh, went home that evening and started Googling and looking up things. And sure enough, it uh, put me on the path of Governor Gary Johnson and Jim Gray, and uh, I've uh, been kind of riding the coattails ever since. I did my own research, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with this party more so than the uh, other parties. So with that being said, that's how I ended up in uh, the libertarian world. Um, that, yeah. That's actually, so that's actually really, uh, that's so different from most of the stories we get on this show, because most people are like, oh, I came from the right, I came from the left, you know. Um, but nowadays, thanks to uh, wonderful people out there raising wonderful libertarian children and for yes. uh, the Internet existing, um, people like yourself are able to research and you get to learn about these things well before many other people had the opportunity to. Um, Cause yeah, mo most of the people that we talk to, they're like, Oh yeah, I was a Democrat. And then, you know, I just, I hated taxes and they wanted more taxes. So I was like, and I hated Republicans because you know, they suck. So uh, I ended up finding the libertarian party and I was like, yeah, I agree with these people. And um, either that, or you get the Republicans who are like, yeah, you know, I, I'd liked whatever Republicans like. And I, <laughs> 
and I and, and I hated taxes and uh, but so I ended up but I was really against war and Republicans were all about war. So I just kind of whatever. Um, so it's it's good to see uh, people kind of learning about it at younger ages and coming to it on their own as opposed to uh, coming coming to it after years of being kicked, but just beaten down by the current administration. Um, so you're, you're obviously you were in high school in 2012, so you're an old soul. Um, but so what made you decide that you're like, okay, I'm going to start running for office now. I, yeah, I want to get into this. What, what caused that to happen? I mean, that it's, it's already a big, so, you know, as, as essentially a, a kid, you're still in school when you were still right. in school, you're like, yeah, I'm a libertarian. That's a big jump enough. And then you're like, not only am I a libertarian, I'm going to run for elected office and I'm going to run for win. What run to win? What what led to that? So um, I, I think part of my, I guess, uh, development uh, towards that was um, I when I was in college, I uh, worked for the college radio station. Uh, the station was called WPFS and I actually had my own show. Um, it was called Wall to Wall Politics. And what I would do was every Sunday at noon, I would sit down with candidates. I would talk about issues much like you guys are doing here. Right. And we'd hash things out. And when I kind of got into that, I, I got talking to those people. I'm like, yeah, I could see myself running for something one day. So um, with that being said, um, I kind of got started there. Now, when it came down to the... River Valley Library, right? Um, first off, I, I wanted to pick an election that I could win, right? Um, too often, we get bogged down with things such as, well, I'm going to be senator, I'm going to be governor, and they have no elected experience whatsoever. They just show right, up and right, right. make it on the ballot line. And it's like, okay, great. You know, I, 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 I get the appeal, right? It would be awesome to be governor. You know, it would be a huge, huge win. But I think you need to start small, right? And that's what, and that's what I did. So, um, what I ended up doing was there was a vacancy on the board, um, and this vacancy, uh, according to the bylaws, was to be selected by the current board. Well, it's a seven-member board, and it was split three to three when selecting the candidate, me and someone else. Um, one of the height, one of the problems with the board was it was always deadlock and there was definitely two factions right those um i guess kind of pro library and against library um and i wanted to make a difference right i felt like i could promote uh still small government values even being on a library board so actually the director of the library had talked to me and she said, yes, would you, you know, this would be a good way for you to uh, get on the board. So I got my paperwork signed. I uh, filed my petitions and I was the first person on the ballot line. Um, and I think that's a, a really, really, really important thing that sometimes um, candidates overlook, right? Yes. Um, in elections like this, that are, you know, your local consolidated elections, get on that ballot line first because truthfully maybe these people don't know know you no clue right, right. no yeah. clue when i was doing culture of winning and talking with elected officials 
uh, that won their races, and especially when there were these types of races, I would say, how did you win? And they're like, I put my name on the ballot. And I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> and it was like, it would, li- and it was like, and, and I'm like, what kind of campaigning did you do? And they're like, very little, and no one knew who I was. And now, and then they talk about all the great stuff they're able to do once they're in office. But that was a, that, that's a thing. Like people often just have no clue who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I will add that this was actually a contested election. Right. So there was the the vacancy seat went up for the next election, which was this spring. So right. there were six candidates on the ballot and the top four were elected. Um, so when you start looking at numbers here, um, there were almost fifteen hundred votes for this uh, district. And I pulled about 15 percent or so. So I got fourth out of sixth place, thus getting me elected. Getting you elected. That is awesome. You, so, that, that's awesome. And what you said is, uh, you know, you said you that you wanted to start small and work your way up. And that is something that uh, I will talk about a lot on the writer's block. I've, yeah. I've talked about it here on this show. And I I talk about it mainly when uh, I'm in um, rooms on Clubhouse. Uh, but one of the, you know, the Libertarian Party is a bottom up organization, you know, always has been. That's the way that it's been planned out. And uh, that's the way that it should stay. But because of that, you need to win these small local races like uh, the like uh, the Library Board of Trustees. Yeah. And you have to be able to uh, prove that what you want to do works at those positions. And then you yeah. start working your way up. And exactly. uh so you have put, Unlike you have rules that run for stuff like vice president. So I wasn't going to mention anything. Yeah, but, I, I, so do you have? So that. you I'm have. You obviously must on. have plans to like move on to like running for mayor or uh, state rep or. Governor. Well, sure, sure, and I and yes, there, that is kind of the goal, and and part of it is you know my political aspirations, but also I think it's just good government at the same time. You know, I, I, I don't believe a candidate, no matter if it's lowly library board or as high as senator of the United States, should have the same position forever, right? If the people like you, you should be able to lead by example and move on to the next, um, to the next level, right? right. Um, get new voices in, right? Even if those voices don't necessarily agree with you, but it's good to get those new ideas in. So, um do I expect to be on the library board till I'm old and gray? No, of course not. Right. Um, I, yes, I, I, I'm not making any announcements yet. Right. Um, Right. Right. But okay. And right. And so let's say, and I'm not saying like, if you were going to make an announcement today, what what would it be? But like, what would be in your mind, the next logical progress progression for you? Where do you see yourself next? probably getting into some of the local governments. So we're looking at things maybe uh, such as uh, the board of trustees for the town, um, possibly the mayorship. Um, but I believe uh, getting on the town council first would be uh, more beneficial um, because I could be able to point and say, here's my experience on the um, board of trustees for the library. Let's right. apply that and all the good I did to the municipality and then maybe be ahead of municipality, right? Right. And then from there, who knows, right? There could be, you know, state rep one day yeah. and then so forth and so on. Yeah, no, no, and that's, absolutely. that's... Absolutely. Yeah, and, and this is 
we wanted to bring this up, and part of why we wanted to bring you on is uh, the Libertarian Party congratulated you, um, among all the other candidates who won, when you won your race for uh, for for library trustee. And I'm gonna, right, I'm rightfully gonna so. Yeah, and rightfully so. Like it, it is, we are a small party. We're the third largest party, but that makes us considerably smaller than the other two. And we are right. showing that we are, you know, building that that uh, that grassroots level of support and and good governance, and working our way up to the bigger races. And there were some. I'm gonna pull. We're gonna pull up just a few of the the just more abusive stuff that uh, that was out there. You know, people were saying. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to point out that the bottom left one, um, I put that in there because I thought that was funny. Yeah, late that one wasn't really that, that one wasn't actually, really offensive. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a good one. But you know, um, a lot of you know, just typical stuff. I, it's a bit sad. This is worthy of posting on a national page. Is this meant to be a joke? Wow, we're really moving up with district library board of trustee winning seats. And, and here, here's the thing, and 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 maybe you can speak to this. We often hear as libertarians, well, if you want to try to win for president or Congress or governor, first you got to win some local races, which we do. We've won hundreds of local races, but they'll say you got to win with some local races. Then when someone wins with the local races, they say this shit. And so do you want to speak a little bit about that? About And, and you already have kind of a, a little bit. Do you want to speak a little more about the purpose of running for these types of races and, and why it's not a good idea to besmirch a 26 year old who's already won elected office and has a viable strategy for working the way I'm leading you in your, in your answer, but can you talk about this a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, first off, let, let me go ahead and say um, some of those comments I found absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> I was as surprised as anyone else that I was on the national page. Uh, for right. the Libertarian Party. Um, I didn't get like a notification or anything. It was just so one day I was just scrolling through my Facebook and I'm like, oh, there's my picture. Why is it there? And then I clicked <laughs> on it. And then I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so thank you, National Party, for uh, the shout out. It's it's appreciated. Um, and also and thank well you, deserved. National Party. For... It's, yeah, it was it's well deserved. deserved. You, you... So... Brian, uh, Brian Lambrecht, who does amazing work here at Muddied Waters Media for us uh, and is truly the backbone of this entire organization. Um, he uh, he managed your he he managed your campaign. Um, and these are his words. I, I am not slighting him even a little bit because I know he is a very hard worker who manages a lot of campaigns and does a ton of work. Um, but he said. I managed his campaign. Actually, he did the bulk of the work, so I get the win. So, like, <laughs> you 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 fought. Like, you ended up managing. Essentially, you were one of the main managers. I don't want to take Brian completely out of this, but you were one of the main managers of your campaign. You did the work. You got elected. Yeah, the National Party needs to celebrate these wins because these are where that's where the seeds are planted. Mm -hmm. That is where the seeds are planted. That will get more people looking at the national party. Um, you, you are the seed that will one day, one day grow into, into the tree. You are a 26 year old who almost single-handedly won an elected office without the power of a major party machine behind you. 
Right. And according to Brian, he said Brody did it all. So I can take Brian out completely <laughs> without offending him. Brian Lambert and... had absolutely nothing to do with your campaign. Like, <laughs> nothing. This, he this gets the, the false win for your campaign. By the way, Joe makes I'm certain he marks it. <laughs> oh, he should mark it. He needs the win. Uh, he needs more wins. He's got plenty. <laughs> Um, Joe makes drifts. First of all, thank you for your, your donation there. Uh, he said, this guy should be called the library Do you, are you, are you cool with embracing the, the term library Sure. Sure. In, in fact, there were comments like that in the, uh, the LP comment section. And, uh, those are some of those I found the most humorous. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's good stuff. And I, yeah, some of it was just funny stuff. It's like, oh yeah, libraries, libertarians don't like those. Maybe he'll burn it down or right. whatever, like, you know, silly stuff like that. But some of it was just, it's like, what do you guys want? Like, it, we're not going to announce tomorrow that we won the White House. These were special elections. Like, here it is, you know, this is, we're winning stuff and, you know, we're winning more things. Our rate of winning is going up and has been over time. You know, right. yes, it's going to start at the local level and work its way up. So, um, I'm, I'm. Thank you for your patience on on getting rescheduled. We uh, with our with my technical difficulties, and um, I think it was my my internet just stopped working. Wasn't that what that was that day? I don't. I'm trying something to, like that. Yeah, I, yeah something like yeah, that. Yeah, I I remember we did a show, but I think we started like right now, like at nine forty eight forty five. Oh, and when okay. we tried to get him on, he was already gone. And I don't that think that might have been what it was. I think that was what it was. Yeah, we just were very, we were later than we usually are. This today, we were only normally. <laughs> um, so, Brody, I, I think we think you're fantastic. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you have in the future. You're not even 30, you've already been elected. Um, neither one of us can. See I, I cannot wait um, to see what the future has yeah. uh, in store for you because I, I see a lot of great things coming from you. And the last person I said that about is this guy down here. And I came in third. I'll let whatever speak for itself. I came in third. So, um, Brody, before we let you go, how can people stay, keep in touch with you? Where, where's your social media, your website, whatever else? How can people find out about you? You know, I'll be honest, Spike. I really don't have a lot of social media. Good um, for you. I, That's probably I, as well. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, one of my policies has always been, I, I'm a pretty calm and kind person by nature. I don't get into the Twitter fights. I don't get into the arguments. Um, I think staying out of it is hypercritical um, because it shows that you're beyond the mudslinging, right? So um, do I plan on having a social media page somewhere down the road for Brody Anderson, hashtag politician or whatever, right? Um, yeah, probably. But at this point, being a trustee for my local library and my local government, you know, governments are made are made to be small localized, right? You know, my constituents can find me. That is the best answer That's you could have. Answer any freaking elected official has ever given on this i am local ever. and if people ever. want to reach me they know how to reach me and the rest of you guys it's nice to meet you uh i we are having a bunch of people you may want to at least consider getting on clubhouse because that's a cool place to talk with people that is They're, yeah you just get to talk with people and it's it's fun i i enjoy it too much because 
super fan, Sarah Andreg, my girlfriend, if you don't know, uh, she uh, hates that I spend so much time on Clubhouse. And that's why you like it? No, I like it. And she hates that. Oh, she, okay. That's why she likes why I like it. Cause she, okay. We'll unpack that later. Um, the, yeah. uh, the, what's cool about clubhouse is that because everyone's talking and there's no like messaging or texting or whatever, it's a lot harder for people to be rude and mean and hyperbolic when they're talking like it, that tends to smooth out, not all of it, but a lot, most of it. Um, a so lot it's a of it. Yeah. Cool way, a good portion of it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to, to be able to do that. So Brody, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we are really excited to see what you have in store. Uh, I look forward to you doing so well that we are in your constituents constituency and you do have to have a social media for us to be able to contact you. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate it, Madden Spike. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I, I, I know it's really important to get my message out there. And, you know, one last thing before I go, um, I remember my father once told me as a kid, life is like a bus. People get on and off at any time. And I think the liberty movement's the exact same way. You know, I might not go as far as anarchy or um, some of the uh, other forms of libertarianism, but we're all pushing the right direction. And I think that message of unity and pushing the right direction is the most important message that we can have, especially with some of the recent uh, fights that have been going on inside the party. Yes. Amen. Amen. Can we get this kid running for governor or something? Brody, we're going to stay in touch You're with you. You're 26, so eight eight years. So we're looking at 2028, you can run for president, right? Yes. Yeah. I like how you you knew that answer already. You were like, yeah, because I've definitely thought about that. Then it's, it's city council, then it's state rep, then it's Congress, then it's president. Right. It's stepping stones, just like everything else. And I think that can happen every two years. Every two years, he's moving up. This kid, this guy, I'm sorry, I keep calling you a kid. I'm an old, old man, and I keep calling you a kid. You, This man, this grown man, this very, this young man, won a race himself. Anyway, Brody, we love you. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on, man. Yeah. And uh, yep. we look forward to uh, to hearing more from you in the future. Yep, I, I cannot wait to have you back on. Yes, I cannot absolutely. wait to have you back on. I'll take you up on that, I promise. When you I win the gubernatorial yep. race. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You too, man. Thank you. Man, that guy's good. I'm really happy about that. That guy's good. Yeah, he's good. He may be the best politician that's ever been on the show. He might be. He might be. <laughs> the guy who won Library Trustee might be the best politician. Hey, do you have social media? No, my constituents know how to t- get in touch with me because I believe in small government. Well, okay then. Well, okay then. Let's you know, just stop I, the show. Man, that Holy is such hell. a good answer. That was good. No, that's good. That's a good, wow. that's a good answer. It's a good answer. That is a fantastic answer. Holy God. So, folks. I'm just impressed by the kid. By the the young, not the kid, the young man. I'm I'm impressed by him. I keep calling him a kid. He's a grown man. He's a grown man. He's 26 years old. Yeah, he's 26. I'm just truly impressed by him. Like, he was, his answers were so good. Why is he more polished than me? I'm 39. <laughs> like th- this is, th- he's good. That he is guy so is good. good. But you he know what is else so is good? good? You know what else is good, folks? These other two sponsors that I forgot about—they're kind of well. This uh, Adderpan. Do you want to be horrified by playing a game for less than five bucks on Steam? This game will fucking ruin. Holy hell! <laughs> this game, Jesus. 
it's you've got to, I watched this thing where people were playing it and I stopped watching it because holy crap, guys. It's, it's, it's you gotta look at it's like Five Nights with Freddy except they're at your house and then and and it's behind you right now. Don't look because they'll kill you. Right, you're, tra- you're trying to survive in a, vi- uh, in a in a school, school with these dogs. Trying to survive in a school with these kill you terrifying looking. Yeah, Jesus God, what a terrible game. This is horror. If you want to be scared and like you know like it, remember when any of you watched Blair Witch and it was so overwhelming because you were only a kid. And then you like were scared to for the dark or going outside when it wasn't bright out. And then you and you thought that some that's what this game's like for only five bucks on Steam. And they promise more updates in case one day you aren't horrified anymore. They're gonna update it so you can stay even more scared in the future. They're gonna improve upon this game so that you have panic attacks every single day just from playing this game for only five dollars on Steam. Adderpan available on Steam. But you know what what isn't horrifying? Fierce Luxury by Ashley. This is an online consignment shop that uh, is only, uh, uh, they're only charging 30%. That is 20% less than most other consignment shops, she told us. And so you can, I don't, they feature such brands as Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Hermes. Herm, Herms. You know, I asked Sarah how to say that. And uh, she told me, and I completely forgot. Um, Hermes. 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 Yep. So you can go to Fierce Luxury by Ashley and see what she has. And if you want to consign with her, you can sign right up there as well. Thanks, Ashley. And those are our other sponsors. And again, get some gu- get a gun. Get this gun. 12 gauge. Get that gun. $10. Get a nice you can get a 12, 12 gauge. Gagoo. Just 12 gagoos. And only ten dollars. What's twelve gagoo? Twelve gauge. Twelve gagoo. Gagoo. I don't know. Um. (laughs) So speaking of also sponsors, this next segment is brought to you by Mudwater. It's called the Mudwater Coffee Alternative Alternative Masala Chai Cacao Rapid Fire segment. Brought to you by Mudwater. MuddyWatersMedia.com/slash Mud Coffee Alternative. Matt. So I just want I just wanted to announce that uh, before we get into the mud water mushroom coffee replacement cacao rapid fire segment, um, two weeks from today is that what it's called? Because if so, yeah, I'm sure. Right. That mushroom what? Okay. coffee. That's what it's written in the notes. So yeah, no, like... that's good. I like it. All right, uh, two weeks from today, two weeks from this date, uh, Jason Lyon, Mister Murica, the Bearded Truth will be joining us right here wow on muddied waters of freedom noted non-top fan jason lyon (laughs) noted non-top fan jason lyon uh will be joining us right here on muddied waters media or muddied waters of freedom uh because you know he wants to apparently injure himself i am putting in the notes or in the uh comments here a link to a GoFundMe um, it is for a friend of ours. It's for a friend of the show's who is going through. A, I mean, he's he's been going through a lot, yeah. but uh, he's going through a wicked custody battle right now. And we are trying to help him raise some money um, in order to continue the fight in order to keep his daughter. Um, and Jason, being a close personal friend of the person who needs it, um, is doing the 
what any loyal friend would do. And as we raise more money, he will eat hotter and hotter peppers live on the air. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. And depending on how much we raise will depend on how hot of a pepper he will eat. So um, we should raise a lot of money. And he said like, he'll put he mustard eat, like, on them habaneros too. Habaneros and ghost peppers and stuff like that. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, the Carolina Reapers. Yeah, all of those oh, are on God. the table. All of those are on the table. So uh, if everybody can go to the link that I just added in the comments, um, you can uh, you can help us have Jason eat a lot of hot stuff. You can help. You can help uh, a father get um, get his daughter. And you can also that too. Yeah, that too. Jason Lyon. (laughs) Help a father get his daughter and watch Jason die live on the air. Jason Lyon. I don't know how I feel about that. Can we? Can we? Is there a point where I mean, he's volunteering. Like this is his idea. That I know. I'm. I'm sure that's true. (laughs) I'm sure that's true. This is why he can't ever be a top fan. This kind of behavior. So, folks, but this kind of behavior that. is getting him on the air. Well, that's true too. We're we're rewarding this kind of behavior. So that's uh, two weeks from today. Um, yes, and uh, I'm looking forward to having him on. Uh, at first, of I all, just I'm can't wait to have him. On. I admit, I miss having that guy on. I want him back on his own show every every Monday is what I want. Um, but I'll settle for him killing himself on our show. Sure. So speaking of settling for people not being joe biden stole a page from our playbook which may change how we have to push muddied waters from now on the anchor.fm slash muddied water where is that actually let me pull that up the way that we usually promote anchor.fm slash muddy waters at the end of the show he went and did something that made it really creepy and i don't really want to do it again i got them 1.9 trillion dollars relief so far they're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week for child care this isn't just about whether or not excuse me you can provide water for someone standing in line while they're waiting to vote this is about who gets to judge whether your vote counted after it's been cast Think about it. Dismiss it all. So she mind him. I don't know. On the environment. Why would I not be for it? Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. Stop doing that. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. So he's stealing our shtick. Yeah, and what is this? <laughs> he he watched an episode and he's like, you know what? I got this great idea. This is what I'm going to do during my next press conference. I'm going to whisper important parts or parts that I deem important. And n- now it makes me question whether or not our anchor, anchor.fm slash muddied waters uh bit at the end of every episode for the last year and a half has been awesome or really creepy 
I mean, we were being ironic. Kind of. <laughs> it's not like we really started enjoying it after a while. Started that way. Well, now I feel weird. Right. Maybe we should shout from now on. Like go the other way. Just get far away from the mic. Just, scream, just scream. scream it as loud That's as we the can. New ASMR. Just screaming, <laughs> shrieking ASMR. So uh, Biden, part of that was referring to his ridiculous uh, spending bill, uh, $1.2 trillion, including $579 billion in new funds over eight years on ostensibly transportation, waterways, and broadband internet, but it's really just going to go in the pockets of cronies. Uh, $312 billion of the new funding is spent on transportation, which means the pockets of cronies. $109 million for bridges and roads, pockets of cronies. Uh, $49 billion on public transit, which really, that's the, right directly in the pockets of government. Uh, $66 billion on pa- passenger and freight rail, because they can't just repeal the Jones Act. That certainly wouldn't work. Uh, and then $25 billion on airports. Because you know who's not making money right now? Airlines and airports, Matt. Can't imagine why. Can't think of why they can't make money. Maybe it's because they shut down the economy for the better part of the year and told people to stay at home and not uh, travel and not go anywhere. And you're forcing them to get an untested, unapproved uh, vaccine to be able to do that. I don't think that has anything to do with that. It's greed. It's corporate greed, Matt. That's why we need to give them money. That's true. Yes. Electric vehicle infrastructure will get another $7.5 billion, as will electric buses and public transit, um, which is really – so I saw this great tweet today, and it said, uh, tell, me that, tell me that you've never been to the Midwest without saying you've never been to the Midwest. And it was Jen Psaki saying the Midwest needs $500 billion no, 50 billion, 50 billion in charging stations uh, around their highways for all the electric vehicles out there. Um, There's also 20 billion for infrastructure financing program that will, per the White House fact sheet, leverage billions of dollars into clean transportation and clean energy, with a lot of that going to charging stations in the Midwest. Let's just Have you ever said to yourself, oh, my gosh, if the government doesn't open some more gas stations, I don't know how I'm going to be able to fuel my vehicle. No, because they don't need that. Nope. They're literally they already have stations everywhere. Once there are enough electric as there are more and more electric vehicles on the roads, it will make more and more sense for those providers to put charging stations. What this does is has the government either build them themselves or hand money to companies to build them, even though they have no problem building them just as soon as it makes sense for them to build them, which means that if they haven't done it yet, there's no real demand for it. And that means that they're going to make these things and they're going to end up being obsolete and or not working anymore by the time they're needed. And they will have already wasted your money in the process. It's not like we have the hundreds of years of government central planning and spending to show what they do when they spend money like this. Now, 
this part I actually really like where I said there's also 20 billion for an infrastructure financing program that will leverage billions of dollars into clean transportation, clean energy. Uh, Senator Mark Warner from Virginia said that the 20 billion will be used to attract 180 billion in private financing for infrastructure. Sure. So they're going to take 20 billion Mm -hmm. to advertise for people to invest in infrastructure. So they're more than likely they're going to say, uh, well, we'll give you a, you know, X amount of tax break to spend this much. Okay. That sure also doesn't work. So no. <laughs> in Myrtle Beach, where I live, uh, the airport, the airport is owned by the, um, is owned by the, I'm trying to remember. It's either owned by the city and it's on county land or it's owned by the county and it's on city land. It's anyway, on it's owned land. by government and on government land. In order to try to attract more airlines to our airport, uh, they uh, introduced these tax breaks, basically. Uh, and the tax breaks were basically money they were handing them in order to open uh, their airlines there. The I remember day you telling after, me this story when you dropped me off at the airport. Day after it expired, they all announced that they were leaving. And they had already, it was obvious they were leaving because they were already cutting all their flights. They were having like the minimum number of flights to continue getting the money. They were having like a flight a week or whatever the cutoff was. And there was like one person there. And there were these nothing burger flights that they were keeping going just in order to be able to get the money. And then the day, literally the day, it wasn't a week after, it wasn't a few days. It was literally the day after it expired that morning they already they released their thing saying that all of them released their separate things saying that they were leaving and we went back to having like at the time i think two or three airlines you want to guess how many airlines we have now three they don't work when the government says hey i'll give you money if you spend money the government the companies go all right, what's the absolute okay. minimum I have to do to get this money? Okay, I'll do yep. that. Yay, I got this money. Bye. That's how that works. If they were going to spend the money, it's because there's a market demand for it, which means they're already going to spend the money. I feel like I'm going to do what he's doing. I feel very big Joe Biden energy right now. If they need to have it, they'll already spend the money. Ports and waterways are going to be getting $16 billion more under the plan. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> there would also be another. <laughs> okay, good. Um, That's good. That there would also good. be another $11 billion in spending on safety projects. Perfect. Good. We need more safety. Uh, $266 billion will go toward other infrastructure. Oh, there we go. Which, that's like when you get a job and they say like in your duties they're like other duties to be assigned by manager yeah and like everything falls under that category mm-hmm. um but that's going to be getting uh where is it 60 nope 266 billion uh 65 billion for broadband because comcast spectrum Brayhouse, wow at&t verizon need government money to lay these lines um 55 billion for water infrastructure because water 70... there's no demand for water 
and 73 billion for electrical grids because no one needs electricity literally all of this we could have saved however many minutes we've spent on this by just saying they're going to rob you and hand it off to under underwrite the uh infrastructure costs for the some of the largest companies on this planet who are already making money hand over fist because even with this shutdown economy you still needed water you still needed internet more so than ever before you still needed electricity uh you know possibly more so than ever before all these things that they're doing they're literally this is all just a, this is a new they used to call it pork spending now they call it infrastructure it's bullshit they it all of these companies are already they're either already going to do this in which case there's no need to give them money or they're just going to take this money to do it and then it's just going to get abandoned because they didn't need it in which case there's no reason to give them this money now how are we going to pay for this well let's show you this is how we're going to pay for infrastructure pork spending so 100 billion net from an irs enforcement and audits. so that's what audits that means more 100 billion dollars worth of audits so real quick for anybody who doesn't know about this this was actually supposed to we were going to cover this on a show months ago but we had to cancel that show for some reason and then it didn't make it to the next one Mm -hmm. they are going to start going after venmo payments yep paypal payments Mm -hmm. cash apps whatever um to find out if people are not accepting or not reporting all of their income so the people who are like babysitting um who are babysitting or mowing lawns and taking venmo payments or you know musicians who are playing out and they're like tip me for you know tip me on venmo and people do it uh they're going to start hitting those people they aren't this money that they're saying that they're going to be getting this hundred billion isn't from like the one percent or the two percent they are going to be going after the lower class with this. the the people making the least amount of money bill gates isn't saying hit my venmo it's gonna be going <laughs> after this is a regressive audit enforcement against the lowest earners in this country to hand off oh nearly two trillion dollars in let's face it pork spending to the biggest corporations on this planet and they're selling it as needed infrastructure a uh, hundred billion in public-private partnerships, which oh, that's just corporatism. Yeah, yeah, that's corporatism. They've they've corporatism. tried to stamp this cute little name yeah. on uh, corporatism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mussolini's idea for how economies should be run. 80, 80 billion uh, on user interface program integrity. Sixty-five uh, is billion on. Un- is that not unemployment insurance, or is that? Yeah, that's probably unemployment insurance. Okay. I saw so UI and steal eighty billion dollars from from unemployment insurance. Yes. Wow. Oh, because they had all the people stealing money from uh, unemployment, so they're going to go after the insurance in order. To, oh, so it's it's to never going to happen. Okay, so they're never going to get that money. Right. Sixty-five billion spectrum sales. Sixty billion dynamic scoring. Uh, thirty billion in toll credits. And 25 billion in re right. 25 billion in recouped 
unemployment insurance ARP supplements. Oh, dynamic scoring. That means total bullshit. So dynamic scoring <laughs> is saying, well, it's going to cause this much more economic expansion and we're going to get that much more uh, uh, tax revenue from it. In other words, we made it up. So 80 billions is never going to happen because whenever government says we're going to find and root out waste, fraud, and abuse, which is what program integrity is, that never happens. Uh, when they say we're going to uh, $60 billion uh, dynamic scoring, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna create the economic growth and get this much more. That's not going to happen. Uh, and the, uh, the public-private partnership, uh, I'm not sure exactly how they expect that to bring in money when it's actually going to cost money fascist corporatism costs money um they definitely will get the toll uh cut credits and then 25 billion in recouped uh unemployment insurance arp supplement gonna go ahead and doubt that's gonna happen but let's say that's gonna happen we are looking and, at and if you and if you listen to uh if you if you listen to the committee for a responsible federal budget uh they estimate that the 100 billion net that the IRS uh, from IRS enforcement, which is going to cost 40 billion in new spending, they are estimating that it would only bring in about 60 billion in new revenue, which is a lot less. Yeah. Also, let me see here. I'm not sure what, are they saying Spectrum, the internet company sales? I, I, I don't would know. Like I don't know what that is, but let, I, let's get, I would like to say I did more research. But yeah, yeah, no problem. I, let's give them the benefit of the of the doubt and say that that's a real thing that's going to happen. I strongly doubt it is. We already have two hundred and forty billion dollars here. That is absolute bullshit and is not going to happen. Um, so based on that, you know where that's going to come from? More of that IRS enforcement and tolls. In other words, if you're poor, screw you, poor people and middle-class people, you're going to pay the vast majority of the cost of this handoff that they're giving to the wealthiest people in this country. Again. That's why he's whispering it, because he's hoping you don't hear it. Oh, but that's okay, because he's going to give you some checks if you have kids. You have to pay for that, too, with interest later, and so will those kids, and kids that haven't even right. been born yet. They're going to have to pay that off with interest as well, but in addition to that, they're going to rob you and give it to the the very, very, the top point zero zero one percent Infrastructure. Infrastructure. Speaking so before we get into money. more about Joe Biden no. stealing stuff. Yes. Because so, I had this really worked out, but then I saw this video and I had to, this video I had to share. Um, so speaking of Joe Biden spending more money on bad things, here's that too. So is the uh, thought there basically that somebody, some criminal who has been committing crimes with limited interruption or interference from police for the last couple of weeks or months is going to stop this easy life of crime if they have a summer job? 
Well, I think the president believes that we shouldn't and we shouldn't allow access to guns to those criminals who are currently illegally buying them from some dealers across the country. And part of his announcement is taking steps to do exactly that. But part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country. Something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was support that was voted into law Wait by Democrats it. just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but that's a piece. Go ahead. Would you So Joe Biden's doubling <laughs> federal funding for, she said community policing. It is not community policing. It is the police departments that already exist. She has doubled it and is now, this is, okay, so if you voted, if you were one of these poor hapless fools who said, uh, uh, well, I'm voting for Joe Biden because I think that black lives matter, and I think I'm sick and tired of seeing the police running roughshod over the most marginalized people in this country. Joe Biden said, hey, uh, I got a black woman for VP. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Don't look at my 50-year-long record. And now he's doing what he's always done. He has doubled yes to over three more than doubled to 300 and i think 88 billion dollars per year in federal funding with no strings attached to police departments across this country and he's threatening to implement gun control making sure that the only people who have guns especially in the uh, the urban communities the communities that are the most hard hit by crime and police brutality that the only people that have guns there are criminals and the police i was gonna say hang out because we're gonna get into that next um so i don't want you to go off on one of your tyrants okay on one of your tyrants and and just like blast through and i'm like well we covered half of this um but my favorite part of that was where she Jen Psaki is sitting there and saying, I think that the Republicans are in favor. Some might say that Republicans are in favor of defunding the police. I won't say it. I'll let others say it. Mm-hmm. Jen, let's take a look at some cities. Let's take a look at Portland. Let's take a look at Chicago. Let's take a look at Seattle, you know, where mm-hmm. they effectively did that. None of them are run by Republicans. And I'm not defending the Republicans. The Republicans are, you know, voting for more, uh, more legislation in order to keep uh, to make crack and coke equivalent in the bad direction, yeah, um, by making powder cocaine even higher, yeah, right. So I'm not defending Republicans on this even a little bit, but to attempt to pass off that the Republicans are the ones that were pushing for defunding the police and trying to get that little nugget of information into people's ears in order to try to change that narrative a little bit is so beyond the pale when it comes to well thought out and well crafted plans because jesus christ kamala harris was fighting for deep on the police if what that was was a gigantic middle finger to everyone who voted for Joe Biden. They sucked it up and they listened to AOC and Bernie Sanders and all their progressive heroes and said, you have to vote for Joe Biden because he's better than Donald Trump. And then Joe Biden doubled funding for the police. Oh, he also uh, has a record number of children in cages. I'm sorry, shelters. Joe Biden's kitty shelters. You got screwed. You got played. Maybe next time you won't do that. 
if you're not going to vote libertarian vote green don't vote whatever stop voting for blue maga because that's what they are yeah and they're way more brazen with it too the way that the republicans are way more brazen with gun control because who's going to stop them they're republicans democrats are way more brazen when it comes to police brutality and the war on drugs and and uh putting people in cages and using them for free prison labor look at where most people get arrested and imprisoned it's in blue cities and blue states because they get away with it way more than the republicans do the republicans talk all that crap about about doing stuff and they certainly aren't helping but the democrats get away with way more of it the same way that republicans get away with way more gun control way more funding for abortion way more all the stuff they say they're against debt spending and stuff like that the democrats there's no one that can hold a candle to democrats when it comes to using that they, they it's it's fitting that they're blue because they are the main arbiters of the thin blue line you said doubled. I thought I, I thought he like more than doubled it. I thought he was like he more than almost. doubled it. He almost it, it, it was it was I think forty billion away from tripling it. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. It was like he somewhere around there, but yeah, yeah. It went from and at like those numbers, you can almost that... say tripling. <laughs> like forty almost billion at that tripling. number isn't that big of a deal anymore. You can say tripling far easier than you can say the Republicans were for defunding the police, but that was a gigantic fu to most of joe biden's voter base who by the way isn't paying attention anymore they're just so happy donald trump's not in office anymore because i can't stand those tweets yes so so happy we don't have mean tweets anymore um so speaking of joe biden and not mean tweeting he stole a page uh right out of eric swalwell's book and many of you may remember eric swalwell tweeting that it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities, in which a sitting congressman essentially threatened all gun owners with nuclear weapons. With nukes. Nukes. And you, as logical and rational people, probably thought, well, that was really stupid, and I can't believe that somebody had representative somebody in the house of representatives would say something so dumb thankfully even the moronic president that we had november 16th of 2018 he would never say anything like that dumb and probably nobody after him yeah the second amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own you couldn't buy a cannon those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots. I, I, I want to play that first part Second again. Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun. Black people and natives. Yep. That's who he's talking about. As his justification for gun control, he's saying, well, you know, when the country started, we didn't let slaves and natives own guns. Anyway. And what type of weapon you could own? You couldn't buy a cannon. Those are. Yeah, you could. You could absolutely. You could absolutely buy a cannon. You could one hundred percent buy a cannon. What is it? The Madison letters. Yep. Yep. You could one hundred percent own anything that the government had. You could have cannons, rockets, everything else. You know who couldn't even have a six shooter? Black people and natives. Say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to. You know the thing. Move against the Mm. government. 
Well, the tree of liberty is not water in the blood of patriots. What's yeah, no, actually it was. Happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. The last rationally limit. He just said it was rational. Everyone's getting caught up in the fact that he talked about nukes and F-15s. The real buried lead there is that he said it was rational that the government told black people and natives that they couldn't own weapons to protect them against the U.S. government infringing on their territory and and genociding them and the Ku Klux Klan. Or at that point, it wasn't the Klan. It was just their mat, their owners uh, and later right. the Ku Klux Klan to defend themselves against that so that they could actually try to live their lives under without being constantly threatened by terrorism. Him, so him rational. using the him using rational, him using rational is no different than when you will hear people say common sense gun control. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's the same argument. What they're saying is the exact, they are the same words, but he's just switching it up a little bit. Um, Because was any of it common sense? No. And is common sense, uh, common sense gun control? There's no such thing as common sense. Obviously, 85 million people voted for Biden. We don't have a lot of it out there. 81 million people voted for Trump. Not a ton of common sense in this world. so to say common sense gun control, rational, we don't have rational people. Uh, so saying that is a moving target that allows them to put it wherever they want. The fact that he is now putting it on uh, on not allowing slaves or natives to own guns, yep. I'm certain unwittingly, because I can't imagine he thought that sentence out even a little bit uh, before he started it, um, is just unfortunate for him. But that I think they're trying to switch from common sense because it's been hit so many times by so many people who are pro-gun um, that they started saying rational. I think that that's going to be their new buzz. Yeah. And, and, and what I love is that as their example of rational gun control is not letting s- slaves and freed slaves and native people own guns. That's going to be their talking point as well. You know, they didn't let the slaves own guns. Yeah, no, that's a perfect example of right. why we should never be limiting the arms. He also straight up lied. Yeah, you could own a cannon. You could own, not only could you own a cannon, at that point, the absolute pinnacle of, of military technology was a, a sailboat, a large sailboat that was armed with multiple cannons. And if you had the money to buy one, you 100% could buy one. In fact, the government would often hire you using letters of mark to take on their enemies. So you, you, could, you could 100% own any type of weapon that existed out there. And yes, the founders, some of the smartest people in this country and on the planet knew that greater technology would exist in the future, which is why they wrote arms and not guns. They said any kind of weapon, we can't even imagine, you know, whatever, even unimaginable types of weapons in the future. And, and, and like, uh, like Matt said in the Madison letters and in other times, they said the purpose of the second amendment was that if the government could have it, you could have it, that there could be a great equal. The second amendment was supposed to be a great equalizer in which the American people, anyone in America, not just American citizens, literally any person in America 
if they wanted to, could own any arm that the government had. That any that anyone, even if the government didn't yes. have it. In fact, there were times where the people that were fighting against the government had newer stuff than the government had. Which, by the way, thanks to 3D manufacturing, that's about to happen again. That's a whole other subject. Another thing that Biden was railing on uh, throughout that entire thing, I, I, I only clipped the nuclear weapon part, uh, was high capacity magazines, which meaning uh, magazines that hold more than 10 rounds, uh, which come standard with many of the most popular handguns and rifles sold in the U.S. Um, he obscured this point by saying there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a magazine. That's a big jump from 10 to 100. And I mean, who's to say? Like, maybe you want 100 rounds. I don't care. But it's a huge jump. So yeah. he is trying to get rid of uh, magazines getting uh, that hold 12, 15, 20. Um, and which is a, a regular that, capa- That's a regular capacity. A nine right. millimeter regular capacity uh, uh, magazine has, uh, gosh, no, I don't remember. I think 12, 15, something like that. That I think that, before you go into I think extended. Yeah, before you go into extended magazines. So they're now saying you have to have not even standard, even standard capacity magazines for many firearms is now going to be considered illegal. Right. Um, and what some people may know, what may, what you may not, I think we reported on this actually when it happened. Um, in New Jersey, they decided to pass a ban on all high capacity magazines and received a lot of pushback from law enforcement officers because the law included an exemption for any law enforcement officer while actually on duty or traveling to or from an authorized place of duty. Um, it said that they could have rounds that were 15 or 15, uh, up to 15 rounds. The police lost their ever loving mind because they said, what yep. about off duty yep. police? What about off duty police? What if they're getting attacked? Because they know that they might want 15 rounds if they're getting attacked as an off-duty police officer. But you, as a citizen, as an individual who hasn't been crested with a silver piece of tin on your chest, you are not worthy of having 15 rounds. You can't be trusted with it. But these people can. And the same thing happened in uh, New York where they put a seven-round magazine limit uh, in 2013. But they had an issue... Uh, with former cops, people who weren't on the force anymore. Former cops were like, no, we need more. That's not going to be good enough. We're going to need more. And they ended up in both of these cases, changing the law for uh, law enforcement that was off duty in New Jersey and for former cops in New York. Because if you are a member of that special club, you don't have to play by the same rules as everybody else. Exactly. Yep. This is, this is, yep. Yep, 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 yep. And Biden pushed uh, on the rhetoric. Uh, I, this quote makes me so happy. Um, Biden pushed on the rhetoric on the Second Amendment only being for self-defense, saying no one needs to have weapons that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds, unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. And he thought the line was so good, he repeated it and said, what, do you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? Which created a trend on Twitter where people were saying, no, I don't think it was a deer wearing Kevlar vest that came in and raped my 80-year-old grandmother while they robbed her. No, I don't think it was. And just going through this long list of terrible stuff that happened, because they aren't deer wearing Kevlar vests that you need this for. This is for your self-protection. 
Yeah. No, it wasn't deer who no knock raided the wrong house and threw a grenade in and almost killed my toddler. And yeah, you have a legal right to defend yourself against that. And a moral right as well. Doesn't matter if it's legal or not. Because that's what the Second Amendment's for. Yes, it can be used for fun shooting events like the upcoming Shoot with Spike in the Philosopher event in Tarpon Springs, Florida. That's going to be happening on uh, Saturday, July 17th in the Tampa Bay area. And if you go to my uh, social media, you can see, actually, if you go to SpikeCohen.com, you can uh, find out more about that event. Yes, it's for that. And yes, you can use it to, uh, to defend yourself against private sector home invaders or thieves or someone trying to hurt you. But that's not actually what it's for. It's so that government remembers that they're also human beings with soft bodies that can catch lead and that that helps keep them under control. Which is why every single time the government tries to infringe on your rights, the first thing they do is grab for your guns. So the fact that he is threatening to grab so hard, which, by the way, a lot of this isn't going to happen. This is yeah. the uh, this is the Democrat threats and the Republicans go, oh, my gosh, we're going to fight tooth and nail because we're fighting for your right to keep and bear arms. And then when that fails, we go, oh, yay, the Republicans protected our right to keep and bear arms. And then the Republicans get into office and go, well, you can't have this. You can't have that. You can't have this. You can't have that. And we go, well, I guess we just got to go with it because the Democrats are worse. It's good cop, bad cop. But regardless, all of this is about shaming people who believe that they should be able to protect themselves against right. anyone if a citizen has no business owning these weapons then people who are far more likely to use them in bad ways in other words people who work for the government have no business in hell of using them or owning them also, the so reason after, he said, do you think the deers have Kevlar vests is because he forgot he already said it. Fair. After plagiarizing us and then plagiarizing Eric Swalwell, he stole a page from the last 70 years of foreign policy by directing military forces to conduct defensive precision airstrikes against facilities used by Iran-backed militia groups in the Iraq-Syria border region. Mm. Yeah. Welcome to the 17th term of the Eisenhower administration. Uh, Pentagon uh, spokesman John Kirby described this strikes as self-defense, calling them both necessary to address the threat and appropriately limited in scope. As a matter of domestic law, the president took this action in pursuit pursuant to his Article II authority to protect U.S. personnel in Iraq. There is, uh, incidentally, I read it, there is no Article II authority to protect U.S. troops that are permanently occupying a foreign country with no declaration of war from Congress. In fact, there's actually, you can't do that. Right. Yeah. Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, he said, my concern is that the pace of activity directed at U.S. forces and the repeated retaliatory strikes against Iranian proxy forces are starting to look like what would qualify as a pattern of hostilities under the War Powers Act. Really? Both the Constitution. <laughs> yep, really. Both the Get Constitution and the War Both the Constitution and the War Powers Act require the president to come to Congress for a war declaration under these circumstances. Man, this war is starting to look a lot like a war. This war, yeah, this war looks so much like a war that you're not supposed to be fighting. 
these freaking murderous sociopaths. Like, we joke about this stuff, but these are all murderers. They're mass murderers. And they have the gall. I mean, he's at least, at least saying it. He's at least saying, hey, you know, this thing where we're fighting other people and they're fighting us back with military weapons, this is starting to really look warry. Looks a, and I this don't looks know, a lot guys, like but a it, war. This looks like a lot like a war. The last if attacks 20, are, the if last we're having price. 70 years haven't, but this really is starting to look like that. And I don't know, guys. I just read the Constitution, and I'm looking like we're supposed to declare a war. If you're having retaliatory strikes against proxy forces like a war, and there's a pattern of hostility... <laughs> Under the War Powers Act, like a war, you probably have a war. Pattern of hostility. I don't know. Some people argue that the uh, that the pattern of hostility one, in many ways, was was even more brutal than pattern of hostility two, just because of the type of warfare that was used during that one. Uh, uh, But, or I'm sorry, patterns of hostility that were used during that type one. But I think at least for the U.S., it was the civil pattern of hostility that was the most brutal to the American people. It's a good thing that those were patterns of hostility and not wars. Otherwise, they would have had to have Congress approve them. So at a Wednesday press conference, Biden told state and local leaders they could use the money provided to them as part of the pandemic relief package to fund more police officers and hours. So in addition to the near tripling <laughs> of money, if you were watching that earlier talk that we had about the Democrats telling all of their supporters, hey, fuck you, we're going to spend as much money as we want on police. If you went, you know what? I think they need to quadruple it or even more. Well, good news, guys, because that's they figured out a way coronavirus relief money that this schmuck leaned in and said checks are going out oh my god you're gonna get a check 1.9 trillion he's gonna go to the damn 1.9 trillion dollars 1.9 trillion dollars that didn't get spent in the states and they said yeah you know what go hire more cops and give them more hours because apparently you all fucking need it and, yep. and they're gonna make sure to rob your venmo and raise your tolls to pay for it and of course those things are regressive taxes they're the biggest impact on the people who are the poorest but that's okay because it's going to fund the brutal police that don't have qualified immunity that many of you marched in the streets against and then voted for this schmuck. Oh my God, the one point. Josh, <laughs> Josh Umba in the comments. So he wrote, I'm worried about Syrian muscles here in Ohio. Spelled like the the shellfish yeah muscles aren't <laughs> but i'm worried and then these missiles and i'm thinking i'd be more worried about syrian muscles because yeah listen I'd, I'd i would not eat syrian muscles um i wouldn't eat syrian missiles either though so Whew. so joe biden had a week as you can see <laughs> yes joe biden had a, a, a great week for him not so much 
literally everyone else. But we do have oh some good God. news. What? Oh, just that entire that entire segment, the the not so rapid fire um, segment that we just did. That got me. <laughs> I was. That's what I'm you like, voted for, folks. That's what that's you a, voted for. That's what, what you voted for. Trump. Because we do have some people that watch us that that fell into the I got to vote for Trump to stop Biden or I got to stop vote for Biden to stop Trump. I hope you're watching this. Who's not Trump? No, he's apparently worse. Now, if it makes you feel any better, if Donald Trump had been reelected, he would have been worse than he was in his first term. He would have been. Yes. And if you hear this and you are reflexively, you fix your mouth to say anything about January 6th or some shit that Trump said, or some nonsense that some Republican said, and you're not focusing on the fact that the people you voted for did the exact opposite and accelerated the exact opposite of literally every single reason you voted against Donald Trump, then congratulations, you have fallen for their bullshit, good cop, bad cop routine. And by the way, January 6th, the insurrection, the police let them in half the time. You have been played so hard. There are videos of Capitol Hill police opening up the gates so they can go in. You got played so hard. I love it. This is like me talking about Titanic. Um, Yes, this is you talking about Titanic. That movie was such bullshit. But now, if what I have said to you hurts you so much that you feel personally injured, and you live in Florida, well, you can sue me by going to chrisreynoldslaw.com and hiring personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, who brings you the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddywaters, and you can leave messages for me and Matt. And I'm going to it right now so I can open it up and listen to them. And you can leave messages for me and Matt. And we'll play them right here on the Muddy Waters of Freedom, right here during the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor call-in moment. And uh, you can also, there's a button right next to it where you can leave, where you can donate to us. And uh, if you donate to us, uh, we will love you. And you're helping to provide the funding that we need for this August program that we have right here. Uh, it, you do not have to leave a... Um, a donation for us to listen to or play your message, but we will like you more. We will like you more. Wow, we have a... Oh, gosh, we have a lot of messages. Yep. Okay, so let's start with Stephen Moody. Good evening, Muddy Waters Media. I was having a conversation with my co-worker today um, where we were talking about healthcare in general and how it started to become more expensive because of the government's infringement on the people with licensures and things like that. And he told me I came at it with a very Ron Paul approach and said, what about, what if the reason licensures and things like that arose were because of malpractices that nobody haven't had an avenue at the time to uh, do anything about. Which, it was a good point. Um, we 
you know, work together. We have open minds. And I was just curious uh, what you think about it. What came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing? Well, the pretext for licensures have always been bad actors. Now, of course, it's actually that's not true. Sometimes it's been that we shouldn't let black people do this. And so we need to put a fee on it uh, to make sure that they can't afford to get the license to do it. Um, but when that's not the case, when they don't use outright racism, uh, the excuse they often use, and in the medical field, this was one of them, was that, mm-hmm. you know, there was malpractice. Uh, there's more malpractice now than there's ever been before. So if that was the purpose of it, mission failed. The government's war against malpractice the, went the a lot like the war on drugs and their yes, war would, on poverty. We would, like to, we would like to congratulate malpractice for winning the war on malpractice. And... And I don't think that's what's costing that. I don't think that's what's raising all the rates for everybody across across the board. I I think it's more bureaucracy. It's more people having to work at healthcare.gov and the different levels of administration that you're now having to go through uh, because the government has some semblance of control over healthcare. So you now have to pay all of these people. And how do you do it? through the end user. So now everybody's paying more in order to make sure that all of these people that the people we voted into office said, yeah, this is going to be good for our country. And that no, they were wrong. So I don't really think it's the malpractice. I don't think it's the malpractice uh, insurance that's doing it. I think that it's the government. Yep. When you drive up the cost so much and you drive up the regulations so much that doctors can't have their own practices anymore and they have to become employees of large healthcare management companies, which is why those are popping up all over and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the number of independent practices is going just into the toilet, now they have more people that they have to see every day because they're no longer setting their own schedule. They're an employee, and they have to see sometimes two or even three times as many patients as they were seeing in previous times, which leads to malpractice. Because even if they are perfect, it's hard enough to keep track of all of the patients that you're dealing with. You're bound to make mistakes. Also, you have less time with them, so you're going to miss stuff. And you're going to, in the middle of making mistakes and missing stuff, you are bound to have more and more and more malpractice, which leads to higher and higher and higher malpractice insurance rates, which leads to more and more and more doctors dropping out because they can't afford it, which means to higher and higher and higher patient loads for the doctors that are staying in it. The war on malpractice has led to more malpractice. Thank you. Now, real quick, before you play the next sure. one. Sure. Uh, that was from Stephen Moody. Yes. That question. Uh, for everybody out there, Stephen Moody is one of our, I think he is our newest uh, patron. I think oh. he donates to the show monthly. Uh, and I want you to listen to his question. It was clear. It was concise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very well worded. Stephen Everybody out there should be more like Stephen. Donate yes. to the show. Yes. Leave clear, concise messages. Be like Stephen. Be like Stephen. Be like Stephen. Be like Stephen Moody. Be like Stephen Moody. Now I'm scared to play this next one. <laughs> this one's from Michael King. Hey guys, uh, Michael King here. Uh, I just wanted to say that not only is it cool that my birthday is mathematically significant 
2 pi. Uh, it not only is it cool that I share my birthday with comedic legend Mel Brooks. Yes. Uh, but it's also very cool that I share my birthday with the one and only Spike Cohen. Happy birthday, Spike. Well, happy birthday, Michael. Thank you. And uh, not only that, but we also share a birthday with Elon Musk. And our birthday is 69 days after 420. Nice. I had to look that up when I saw yeah. that. Yeah, no, I was like, true. no way. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. And someone and someone wrote, not on leap years, and because they don't understand how leap years work. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, doesn't affect it. Still 69 days after 420. Because um, April's after February. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, but also, uh, we uh, share our... So the June 28th, 1969, nice, was the uh, Stonewall riot. Uh, and June 28th, 1910, 11, 09, 08, in the early 1900s, was when Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, triggering World War One, and eventually World War Two, and eventually the Cold War, and then eventually the war in the Middle East. That part's not the best, but the rest of it's pretty cool. Also, it's also Pi Day times two. Are... What's that? Pi Day times two. Oh, that's what he, he threw me for a loop there. Uh, famous birthdays. There are other people too who have famous birthdays. Uh, Elon Musk, Markiplier. John pull, Cusack. Pull out, John Cusack? Yeah, John Cusack. Kathy Bates, Mel Brooks, Hi G1. Uh, yes. Yes, Hi G1. Rob Deerdick. Oh, wow, really? Um, Rob Deerdick? One of the guys from BTS. Tachina Arnold, I think she's funny. Um, a bunch of Asian people. Man, that's a good... John Elway, yeah, I knew it was John Elway was. Um, Dead a bunch of more Asians. Happy birthday, Michael, from me and the Muddy Waters crew. All right, let's uh, go to this next one, which is from Tom Arnold. I just wanted to say that I appreciate all the hard work that Matt Wright does to make this show so successful. You know, Matt Wright's partner seems to be gallivanting all over the country, doing this and doing that. Gallivanting. And yet, Gallivanting. Matt Wright is the one staying at home, wow. doing all the drudgery work, the drudge work the to get the, make the effort to make the shows be the success that it is. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate Matt Wright for all his endeavors. Thank you, and have a good evening. Thank you, Tom, for recognizing all of the hard work that I put into this show week after week. And I appreciate you in so many ways. You are a fantastic message, just like the intrinsic, if somebody was the intrinsic messenger of Liberty, Tom. Yep, yep, yep. It would be you. And uh, I appreciate you giving me uh, the shout out that I definitely deserve. Um, I see the I see Tom Arnold as the poet laureate of the of uh, of the liberty movement. First yes. of all, Tom, you're you are unironically correct. Matt does most of the heavy lifting in this in this uh, in muddy waters easily. Uh, and second of all, gallivanting is an interesting way to describe what you do. 
<laughs> gallivanting. Just You're gallivanting. Just on a little going to going to parties. Doing. Going to parties with oh, your dude. lovely wife. Uh, I mean that is true. Hanging, oh man, am I hanging out and shaking hands with people, kissing babies while I'm stuck here picking up the slack. Now I feel like I am gallivanting. I thought I was working. I mean, I do do that, but I also do some worky stuff, too. We have another one from Tom Arnold, which I assume will be equally verbally abusive to me. I do have a question for Spike, though. This is Tom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that question is, what is your earliest memory? You know, since yesterday was your 39th birthday, what is your earliest memory as a child? Uh, That's all I got to say. Have a good day. Keep the... Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Oh, now it's guys. Now both of us are doing good work. That's convenient. Um, so <laughs> well, you you are while you're gallivanting, you're doing. Good I'm work. doing some great gallivanting <laughs> for for muddy waters. My first memory, I think my first memory, was being in. Would that have been? I think my first. I think my first memory would have been around somewhere between two and three. And I asked my mom. She told me how old I was. And we were like learning counting like one, two, three, four, whatever. And so I knew like one, two, three, four, whatever. I don't know how high I could count. But, you know, she told me I was two, one, two, or three, or whatever it was, and counted to it. And I asked her how old she was. And she said, I'm 31 or whatever, whatever she was at the time. And I just remember laughing because it was like, that was such, <laughs> such like, an unconceivable number. Like the most absurd, like it was like, like you might as well <laughs> said a million billion. Um, and so I just, I was just, I, I think that was my first member. Of course, now I'm 39. So who's laughing now? Schmuck. Uh, but I, uh, but I do, I, I believe that that is my. Um, I believe that's my earliest memory is is being in the kitchen of the apartment we were living in uh, just outside of Baltimore in Randallstown and 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 laughing at how old she was. I think. I believe so. Here's the next one from Stephen Witt, who won our uh, won our contest. I, oh, did I got to deliver. Yeah, I got to deliver. Oh, play those the, reversed. Play those reversed. So the first the. the Okay. All right. I'll play. Try, yeah. Okay. Play those reversed. According to what he told me. On this the- is Steve Witt calling in on the Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call in moment. And just to go back on what I was saying, I want to know your feelings on the Environmental Protection nope. Agency regulating nope. what. Nope. All right. Here we're going to go with the first one first. Hello, guy on left and Spike Cohen. This is my first time calling in on the anchor call-in moment. And a quick little thing on Facebook popped up from the Myrtle Beach City Government talking about the Environmental Protection Agency and their rules against the spreading of human ashes at sea. And I had to go ahead and look it up. And let me go to the website. 
the EPA has issued a general permit under the Marine Protection Research and Sanctuaries Act to authorize the burial of human remains at sea. The general permit is published in the federal regulations at 40 CFR 229.1. And basically, you are not allowed to spread your loved one's remains at the shoreline. You must be forced to go three miles out at sea. And then, so this is the continuation. This is attorney at law, anchor calling moment. <laughs> and just to go back on what I was saying, I want to know your feelings on the Environmental Protection Agency regulating what people can and cannot do with their loved one's ashes in terms of spreading it in the ocean. The law currently states that they must go three miles out from the shoreline, and I want to know your feelings on that. Thank you. You Did he say three or 30? Three. Okay, so... I understand what parts per million in the ocean is like, I get it. Like it's, and I guess their theory is that if it gets three miles out by the time I, man, I, your ashes are nothing compared to everything else. That's like, Oh shit. How many, what percentage of people? What? Okay. Legitimately. I don't know these. Like, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to like downplay any of it, but what percentage of people are getting cremated versus buried or anything else? Um, uh, I don't know. Let me and see. Then, Let me, that's and then what percent? And then what percentage of those people are saying I want them spread at the ocean? Like I imagine that the percentage of people saying I want them spread at the ocean is probably a good number. Twenty to thirty percent would be my guess. Um, so, so, so it's roughly half. The, the data is not super solid. Um, it has been going up quite some time, but it's, it's around half that get cremated um, now. Um, so it's now the, it's, it's just over half. It's now the, the most popular way replacing burials um, as being the most popular way of getting buried. The percentage of those people who are having all of their remains put out to sea. First of all, if every single person who died had their remains put out to sea, it's st- you're still not going to even notice it in the water. Like it, it's nothing. That's like saying you can't flick your cigarette butt in the. You could put po- like smoking a pack of cigarettes. It's like so, like what a stupid. <laughs> like your ashes are nothing. Like it fits in a little. Those urns, only a little bit of it's like fits in a bag like this big. Eric B, I'm not going to try your last name, Eric. I apologize. Eric B says, my question is, how would they know what the ashes are from? Right. Like now, granted, if you have an urn that says here, you know, the here lie the ashes, or here sit the, I don't know what you say on that urn. Here, here are the ashes of John Doe who died last week. Like they're going to be able to say, no, those are definitely John Doe's ashes who died last week. Um, but outside of that, like, it, what would they know? There's not. They're not gonna know. For, yeah, putting aside. So this is the most. This is about as unenforceable as it gets. Like a federal agent is gonna catch someone spreading their loved one's ashes at sea, and is a gonna give a crap, 
and B gonna do anything about it. like this is so stupid. Three dog like three miles. And what's the difference? Like once it's in there, it's in there. It's it's just yes, exactly. Three miles. The water that's three miles out comes back to shore. First of all, have you ever been to the beach? It's windy. Do you know how little the the bigger concern is when you spread it out, it blows in your face and everyone else that's on the beach. It's you know how little that's even getting into the ocean to begin with. And no to any Steven or anyone else that's ask that's asking, uh um I'm not changing my will. I am still going to go out into a Jewish canoe filled with equally Jewish kindling and fireworks. And people are my my closest heirs and assigns are going to take turns flinging flaming stones at it like like David and Goliath, except they're on fire. And I don't know if that's possible, but they're going to do that. And then whoever uh, successfully sets me aflame uh, is going to get all my stuff. Uh, and if no one is able to set me aflame, then all my stuff, will, all my all my belongings, will be put into another Jewish boat uh, and set on fire um, because someone something has to burn to atone for my death. Um, that's not going to change because of this big government nonsense. Uh, Caitlin Cloven, she now wants her ashes to be spread at the next Myr- Myrtle Beach City Council meeting just to stick it to the man, and I like this idea. If they stop, so I'm going to add that to will, to my will. If they stop me from going on the boat for that thing, then I want to be cremated and I want my ashes to be spread at the Myrtle Beach City Council, even if I don't live there anymore. Wouldn't you want to do it wherever they ruled that you couldn't do the boat nope. thing? Myrtle Beach City Council. Fair. Justico Mitchell, uh, who you should also be like Justico Mitchell um, for the same reasons, uh, because yeah. he gives us money. Um, he said, I wouldn't want my ashes at the beach. That's where car batteries go. That's also true. Listen, I'm not that saying you should. So get that. me fired from work. But I'm not, I'm not saying that that's. That's where you should do it. And you're right. That is the cheap and, and, and legal thrill. Uh, is to throw your car batteries directly into the ocean. And as aquaculture expert Matt Wright can tell you, that's how you create coral reefs. (laughs) Um, So, That is not how you create coral reefs. It's kind of how. It's similar. Um, Here's one from Matt Hicks. Why, hello there. This is Matt Hicks. Calling in on the Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call-in moment. Uh, often, Supreme Court is lost in the flurry of prominent cases that are occurring. And I just went to the Penfield Pipeline Company versus in that was just published today. Supreme Court. Of eminent domain to private company. Yeah. So now a private company who has a certificate from the federal government can can take it. Hmm. Hashtag laser. 
So I don't know what happened there, but it, it sounds like eminent domain so, for private companies. Right. Uh, uh, pipeline, I could not hear what which one won a Supreme Court case um, that they awarded em, eminent domain to the private company because the pipeline would be used for the, 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 the good of the people. Um, yeah. I think that's what he was saying there. Sure. Penfield Pipeline. Thank you, Matt Hicks. Uh, Penfield Pipeline versus New Jersey is the name of the case. Well, I mean, listen, it's certainly, I mean, uh, after Keto, where the government said that you can, you can just give, you can take land from someone and give them next to nothing for it and uh, give it to a company who builds a freaking mini mall. Yeah, nothing surprises me anymore that no. literally the government has, has been told by the all all governments have been told by at the federal level that you can and, and when i say that I mean, the federal government has told all governments city all the way up to federal that they can just take your stuff and give it to a private company to make money off of it they'll pay you so it was a 5-4 ruling it was a 5-4 ruling. Uh, Justice Roberts wrote the opinion. Justice Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion in which Tom, uh, Clarence Thomas joined. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett filed a dissenting op opinion, which Kagan, Thomas, and Gorsuch joined. So the ones who voted against it were Barrett, Thomas, Kagan, and Gorsuch. And so you can do the math on who voted for it, but um, yeah, now looks Matt like, Hicks is saying private companies can now exercise eminent domain, right? Which is, I guess it directly. Oh, they're oh they're getting licenses from government to exercise private domain eminent domain, so then they can use private enforcement uh, to be able to to do it, which is really just one step ahead of what was already happening. Um, so. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I do believe he was talking into a fan. Um, so, yeah, no, that's pretty much par for the course of what government's doing at this point. Right. Um, here's another one from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. I hope it sounds better than that one. Hello again, guy on left and there Spike. This is still Matt Hicks, still calling in on the Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor call-in moment, DM. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know, and, and the rest of the world, Spike already knows this, but I think everybody needs to know this. For his recent birthday, I prepared a delicious meal of lamb tagine with couscous and flatbread and tzatziki. And for de dessert, I made some uh, macarons with uh, uh, coffee in the cookie part a little bit of coffee extract in the cookie part, and um, Bailey's buttercream for the filling. Um, so I wanted to brag about that and uh, announce publicly that I love you and happy birthday, Spike. Hashtag hey, So, yeah, he, Matt, for my birthday, made a bunch of food that I can't eat a single ingredient. He specifically made it in such a way that no part of it could be eaten even separately by me. 
somehow he managed to do that. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Here's one from uh, from James Ray. Hi, Spike and Guy on left. This is James M. Ray calling for a personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor call in moment. I have a lot of ideas and some of them take really smart people with really lots of hard work like energy from thorium or electing Martha Bueno. But I have one really simple idea and it has to do with how you guys close your show where we're going. We don't need roads because we have the technology right now with one simple deregulation to make ultralights into the drones of our George Jetson future. And that deregulation is to quit limiting ultralight airplanes to five gallons of gas only. They need a decent sized gas tank and that would make them useful. That's it. That's it. I feel like that's a bit wordy for the closing. No, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We're going to try to do that. I don't care what you say. I'm saying we don't need roads at the end. <laughs> like... yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say all that shit. I'm going to say it. And he's right. We need, that needs to be ended. There's no reason that they should be saying how much gasoline an ultralight can You remember carry in. when yes, we had Marta Bueno on our show? When was that? That was that was like two months ago. Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, that was back in March. She was awesome on our show. Oh, we Much better on our show than she was on Cajuns. Well, she was great on Cajun, well, but Cajun, well, of course, because you know Cajun isn't as good of a host as us. So how could it right. be as good as it was on our show? Because we're better hosts. Speaking of which, here's a, a call in from the Cajun Libertarian. What's up, y'all? Cajun Libertarian here. No jokes today. No games. No fun. Just wanted to be honest with you and say thank you to and your respective spouses very much for putting in all of the hours and all of the work to push the liberty movement forward. You are very special to a lot of people, and we appreciate you very much. Happy belated birthday to the Spike Cohen, and we wish both of you all the best. And again, thank you so much. And I can't thank you enough. All jokes aside, guys, all jokes aside, thank you very much for bringing us on to Muddy Waters Media. And I cannot wait to see what happens in the very near future, in the long future. It all looks very bright for our movement. And a lot of that is due to y'all, too. So, again, thank you very much. We love you. And have a great show. Cajun apparently forgetting that his microphone was in the other room. No, listen, we love you too. Thank you for, for agreeing to come on Muddy Waters. Uh, you and, and Eskimo are, you Noel, Noel and, and Nullick, you, you are both doing incredible stuff, growing Muddied Waters and helping us to become uh, I, even bigger than we were before. We, we love both you and our great. We, yeah, here. very much, very much. We love both of you very much. And I, um, I've been catching most of, uh, from bayous to igloos and those shows are okay so you, it's two halves of a show right so you get when nolik does hers i'm certain it looks like my notes that you get to see i'm certain it looks like my notes and she like sits there and she gives this really well thought out in-depth uh presentation on everything explaining you know the backstories and the histories and um 
how we got here and what's what's the fallout from it. And then Cajun comes on and he's like, so y'all know me. I didn't like prepare anything. So uh, and uh, I didn't have time to look anything up for a while. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I guess I'm just going to talk about snakes for an hour. And then he turns it into Muddied Waters Nat Geo, where he just talks about snakes for an hour. And I'm not going to lie. I was enthralled the entire hour. <laughs> I mean, I want to know about snakes. It was it was great. Uh, apparently, uh, the triangle shaped head not an indicator of poison. That is a myth. Oh, well, how do they? Man, I have to watch the show again. Okay, I'll, I'll watch it. So, <laughs> but thank you, Cajun. We are just very happy to have both of you on, and I'm very excited to see how this is all going to go. And I look forward to seeing you in Tunica, Mississippi. And you can help us get to Tunica, Mississippi by going to this thing. Oh, nope, not this thing where you can actually get a gun. I'm over here and Matt's got to go to his right so you can see. Hey, look at this. Hey, There's a gun. You can get, nope, that one. You can, you can get a, yep. a gun. You can get this gun. You can get this gun. You that's can get in the this picture. gun. GeForce G12, 12 gauge home defense. Uh, $10 per ticket. Um, there are about 40 tickets left. Um, you can get up to 10 tickets per person, but there aren't. Yeah, you can get up to 10 tickets per person. We're going to sell 150 total tickets, and then we're going to pull, once we've sold them all, we're going to pull a uh, um, one of the tickets randomly, and you will whoever has that ticket will win this uh, gorgeous GeForce G12 uh, 12-gauge home defense shotgun. Uh, you too can enter by going to paypal.me slash lpms slash 10. Um, and in the comments, put gun raffle when you uh, make your contribution. Um, and uh, yeah, you can help us get to the Breaking Boundaries event in Tunica, Mississippi later this next month. Uh, Roy Martin asks, can they mail it to me? Roy, that would uh, that would be a question for not a real libertarian. So go find not a real libertarian on Facebook. Shouldn't be hard. There's lots of them. And uh, you <laughs> And you can uh, ask him. Find Chris Darnell okay. on Facebook and ask him. Yeah, I, was I don't know say, the answer. Or Chris Darnell. Yeah. So here is another question from. Here's a question from Sunny O'Lindy. What's up, guys? This is definitely not the Cajun Libertarian calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor, caller. Um, I saw that guy's podcast. What's his name? Chris Darnell. Something about being not a real libertarian. And that is a very accurate title, for he is not a real libertarian. But I did see that guy, the Cajun Libertarian podcast. He is also pretty terrible. But he is still far better than Chris Darnell and Will wow. Doherty on Not a Real Libertarian. So, if you get a chance to see how miserably terrible the Not a Real Libertarian podcast is, please tune in. That way you can get all of your ASMR. I don't want it. Jack Casey's god awful book, theroyalgreed.com. You can find him on Not a Real Libertarian because that's a terrible show. This is what our show has become. We're advertising other people that aren't on our network. We're advertising other people's shows and how they are also advertising the same books that we advertise. 
Okay, here's another one from, this one is from the Cajun Libertarian as opposed to that last one, which was literally not from the Cajun Libertarian. I just want to say that I heard oh, that guy, Matt Wright, on Clubhouse, say that that other guy, the Cajun Libertarian, was the best Cajun impersonation of me, Donald J. Trump, of it, out of all the Cajuns. I just want to say that I have all the best impersonations. There are no better impersonations of me, and I have all the best Cajuns. They all vote for me. They come to my rallies. You see my rallies. You look how many people are at my rallies. So, Matt Wright, for you to say that the Cajun Libertarian has a good impersonation of me, I just want to say fake news. That's fake news. There is nobody better than me. Especially not this guy, Cajun Libertarian, that is better at being me than me. I don't know. I'm thinking that the Cajun Libertarian's Donald J. Trump impersonation has to be better than that one. There's <laughs> got to be. It's got to be. I hope to God it is. So we got one more left. Uh, here's one from Connie Keller. Oh, thank Hi, God. this is Connie Keller, and I'm calling in for my first Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney anchor call-in moment, TM. I'm just going to use this space to thank you all. Every Tuesday night's the best day of the week. It's date night for Jimmy and I, and I just wanted to thank you all for all you do. Thank you. Well, thank you, Connie and Jimmy. We love you both, and uh, I look Very forward to much, seeing yeah. you in August. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Connie and Jimmy, are they're wonderful people. They've been fans of mm. the show for, I don't even know, a while. Yeah, yeah years, um, yeah. And they, uh, they have been massive supporters of ours, and uh, even during, like, the really difficult times in the show, they were there, like, cheering us on and pushing us. Yeah. Um, and they are just excellent people and they are always there for a very uh, kind and generous ear and will talk to you about pretty much anything that you want to talk to them about. Um, but they are just great people who uh, deserve uh, tons of praise. Um, if you are on Clubhouse, I'm certain you have met them already. Uh, in one way or another, but they are wonderful people. If you haven't found them on Clubhouse or on their respective social media sites, go out and find them. They are great people. Yeah, no, Connie and, and Jimmy are amazing people. Thank you guys so much. And thank you, all of you, for contributing to another great segment of the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Uh, now, folks, we're going to end this uh, segment talking about someone who... Um, actually, so we're going to start this segment. This segment is brought to you by Jonathan Reels. Jonathan Reels isn't a real person. He's not real. In fact, well, he should be real, but the Federal Election Commission has said that he is not, and that he's not going to be acknowledged at the federal level as a real person until he raises at least $5,000. Now, I know that Jonathan Reels is a real person because I've met him, and he is human, and he has a squishy human skin face. But he... Uh, 
the FEC won't just squish his face. They want to get that $5,000 in contributions to be able to say he's a person. So you can help him be acknowledged as a person and a congressional candidate uh, by going to jonathan.cash and, uh, and making your donation today. Now, there is someone who um, has been known uh, in the libertarian community, particularly in the anarchist community. Um, and he he gave his life to protect people and it should end there actually it should have ended that it should he, have ended before that yeah it should have ended before he gave his life and and after he it should have ended with he saved people's lives and we're going to explain how uh what ended up happening but this man's name is john hurley and he lived in the denver area of colorado and before we get started on this show, you just need to know John was an incredible human being when he was alive. He was a kind and caring, strong and gentle human being. He brought a lot of people to, to the Liberty Movement, and his final act was to save lives. I'm going to tell you the story in a quote from... Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up the story. Um, basically, um, someone went and tried to target a police officer with a gun, and and killed him. And uh, this story from uh, store owner Stephen Cohen, no relation, um, is going to tell what happened there. Uh, John pulled into our parking lot around, this was in, uh, old town in Arvada, uh, Colorado. John pulled into our parking lot around 1.30 and was contemplatively smoking a cigarette near his car. Within under a minute upon John entering the store, 10 to 15 shots of what sounded like a rifle or tactical shotgun were fired in the square 50 yards away. John and another unknown customer, unrelated to John, went out of the open door towards the square with clear, in clear intent to eliminate the threat. While the unknown customer turned left to assess the situation without pulling out a weapon, John ran quickly, without hesitation, straight towards the shooter. John shouted at onlookers behind him to stay inside and hide because the gunman was coming back. John used this as an opportunity to run towards the library where the shooter was and hid behind a brick wall. Upon the shooter walking back again, walking again back toward the square, John pulled out his concealed pistol and shot five to six rounds toward the suspect. We want to thank and recognize John, as we believe that his actions saved more lives from being taken. He needs to be recognized by Arvada and all the citizens of Colorado for his brave and selfless actions. Great. And this is a uh, this is a quote from uh, Cody Grozweski. Um Nope, Cody Groswitz, uh, who is a waitress at the Schoolhouse Kitchen and Libations. Um, and he was running straight towards where he heard those shots. Everyone else was running in the other direction. I just know that he was going out there into the middle of all the danger that I could have ever imagined in my life. That's why he was more that's why he was more secured in an area where he couldn't get away or do anything else because of where he was cornered. He was trapped. There was no other police officers around at the time. There was no one else there to prevent this from happening. And this man ran. Yep. I wanted to do this because I wanted people to know what he did, especially his sister 
or any one of his family members that it was the bravest, most selfless thing that I have ever witnessed in my life. Yep. This tells the story from eyewitnesses that were there. Here's basically what happened. Last week, a, a man by the name of Ronald Troik, or Troiki, I'm not sure how to say his last name, um, he walked up to a police officer and he shot him with a shotgun. Um, then he walked back to his truck. Uh, well, actually, after he shot the officer, he then shot out some um, uh, some windows of some nearby police cruisers, presumably to see if there were any police in there. Uh, and then he walked back to his truck to get a rifle. Uh, after he got the rifle, he fired a few shots in the air. Um, and moments later, John Hurley ran up armed with his personal carry uh, and shot him, uh, ending that threat. Uh, we are told that John picked up the shooter's rifle and that it was at this point that the police showed up after the situation had been resolved and they shot John since he was holding a rifle. That's the, that's the story that we have. That's what the police are saying. Yeah. The police chief of uh, the Arvada, Arvada police department called John Hurley a hero who acted courageously and without hesitation, Mr. Hurley's action saved others from serious injury or death, which 100% true. That's correct. Yep. Uh, John's family issued a statement late Friday saying that they were thankful for support from the city and police and were waiting for the outcome of the third party investigation into the uh, shooting. Um, Now, the police shooting is under investigation by a critical incident response team, which is just law enforcement officers from across Jefferson County. according to Sheriff Jeff Schrader. It will make a recommendation to the district attorney who will decide if the officer's actions were appropriate. Now, they've released the footage of the shooter killing the police officer, shooting the uh, windows out of the police cars, going back to his truck and getting his rifle and firing it into the air. What they have not released is the footage of John killing the shooter or of him picking picking up up the rifle. rifle. And they're saying that they're not releasing all of the evidence until the investigation is complete, but they have released the video of Ronald Troike killing the officer and getting the rifle. And they've released all the information about Troike supposedly either leaving a letter or something like that saying that he was He he spoke with his brother. He and his brother got into a fight that morning or something along those lines. And he said, I'm going to, and his brother was called the police because he was concerned because he said i'm going to go out and kill all of the cops i can today something along those lines yeah so they're releasing all of that which is technically hearsay but they're releasing all of that um and but what they're not releasing and what they actually didn't even admit to they didn't they actually for the first three days wouldn't admit that it was an officer that killed uh john they just said he died even though multiple eyewitnesses and it's some unnamed police sources said, yeah, no, the police killed him. Then uh, a few days later, they said, well, yes, we did kill him, but it's because he picked up the rifle. But they won't release the footage of him supposedly doing this. But thankfully, this is being investigated by a bunch of by cops. other police officers. John, um, I didn't know John. I, I never got to meet John. Um, I don't know if you did, but from everything that I've heard, uh, 
John was a good, good person. And he was obviously one of the most selfless people in the world because he was willing to risk his life in order to save as many as possible. And what has happened is an absolute tragedy. And I've seen a bunch of people in the comments say it, picking up a rifle is not illegal. And you are right. Picking up yep. a rifle is not illegal. Yes, there yep. should have been de-escalation. Um, there should have been de-escalation. But instead of focusing on that, I want to focus on the fact um, if you're a prayers person, a thoughts person, I don't care who you pray to, who you think to, you know, whether it's Christ, Allah, Buddha, Gandhi, I don't care. Um, have those prayers and thoughts and uh, with his family, because this shouldn't have happened. Yep. This absolutely shouldn't have happened. There is there is a GoFundMe uh, to help his family out. Um, it's easy to find if you Google it. Um, I'll, I'll, I think I'll put it's it in the comments. Okay. Um, because this is an absolute travesty. And John should be alive today, being regarded as a hero who saved many lives. Instead, he was shot by the police uh too quickly and it's 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 so hard for me not to go into that aspect of it but i don't i don't want to hit that aspect of it because i just want the focus to be on john yeah because john deserves it and keep remember john no matter what we do going forward make sure that we remember john john hurley is an amazing amazing selfless brave human being who deserves to be remembered across the board by everybody and he does not i don't want somebody like that to turn into what will eventually become the political fight of oh yeah but he was i don't want that because that is not what he was that is not what he was doing So everybody make sure that no matter what, no matter what comes out in the coming weeks and months about this, we remember John as the hero that he is and not the political pawn that they are going to try to make him. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is going, especially if there is enough evidence that they should be arresting the officers who killed him or at least reprimanding them or punishing them in some way, um, it's going to get ugly. He was a hero is going to turn into, well, he once posted, you know, uh, this he, country, weed. He, he was an anarchist and he was a libertarian. Um, he, uh, I did not ever meet him that I know of unless he did come to uh, uh, my event in Colorado um, when I was at the convention. I, I don't know. I don't believe so. Um, but uh, I do know that he has shared some of my content in the past. He, he's been an integral part of the liberty movement, especially in Colorado. Um, they're going to dig up stuff that he has said. They're going to go, well, he was one of radical anarchists and, you know, maybe he also wanted to kill. But they're going to do whatever they can. If it comes yeah. down right now, they're saying hero. But if it comes down to acknowledging that he was murdered by the police. Or making him out to be a scapegoat for the police. We both know what they're going to do. And so it's going to get ugly. Yeah. So just remember who this man was. And- John Hurley was a hero who saved lives, who saved potentially police officer lives in addition to civilian lives. Because even though he was an anarchist, he still wasn't going to let someone kill innocent people. 
And uh, Jay Adam Weggs in the comments said he's going to disagree partially with me. Um, and he says, we should remember the sacrifice he made, but we must prevent further sacrifices from being made. And I don't under, I don't understand what he's saying there. Yes, we should remember the sacrifice he made. Yes, I agree with that. The second part, sacrifices are always going to be made by people, by good guys with guns. Like it's gonna, it's going to happen. Um, it's. I would like to prevent those one hundred percent. I would like to prevent those one hundred percent, but. What I'm saying is I don't want John to be the political pawn that is this argument because John is a hero and needs to be remembered that way. And we don't need him tarnished by the people on the right or the left who are going to try to paint him in any way that's different than what he is. But yes, I exactly. do want to stop any tragedies from happening and make sure that we wouldn't have as many uh, sacrifices being made. But John, I don't want him to be the pawn that is what we are using. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. He's a, He is a hero, and we need to just remember that, especially when it's going to get ugly. We need to remember that he's a hero. And... Um, that concludes our show for the day. There's not really a good way to segue into something funny there. Um, just remember, John. Um, so uh, tomorrow on My Fellow Americans, I have a really incredible guest. And I've actually I'm so excited done the, for this guest. I'm so excited. So I've already done the interview. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be live. I'm going to be coming in live, and I'll be playing the interview and hanging out with you all in the comments um, while we play it. But uh, I interviewed earlier today Dave Dahl, who is the founder and creator of Dave's Killer Bread. But he's also a, a former multiple-time uh, prison, uh, imprisoned convicted felon who turned his life around um, and, uh, and started this company. And he has... Uh, he, he's, he has sold the company since, but uh, when he started it and, and even now with the company that with the people that bought it from him, they continue almost roughly half of their work or almost half of their workforce is made up of convicted felons uh, because they are committed to giving that hand up and providing uh, teaching and, and uh, of skilled trades to convicted felons. He also does work with nonprofits that help convicted felons. Um, to be able to learn marketable skills so that they can thrive and get ahead. And we had just an insanely good conversation uh, and very motivational. Whether or not you're a convicted felon, you're going to be motivated by this. Uh, you're going to um, feel more excited about taking life uh, by the reins. Um, I know I was. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought we were going to talk about how felons can be able to get ahead. It went way past that. Um, he's going to enlighten you. He's going to uplift you. We're going to have a really, really cool conversation about the changes that need to happen in ourselves and the changes that need to happen in government and in our society to be able to help everyone, but also be able to help uh, convicted felons. We talk about restorative justice. This is a really 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 good uh, uh interview and and we're going to talk about what you can do starting 
right then watching it to be able to help people, help yourself and help other people, including and especially those who have been convicted in the past to be able to thrive and get ahead. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this episode. It is one of my favorite interviews ever, one of the most uplifting interviews I've ever had. And uh, I hope you join me tomorrow uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern for My Fellow Americans with Dave Dahl. And then on Thursday, we've got the writer's block, right? Yes. Uh, I actually bought Dave's Killer Bread the other day just because I knew he was coming on your show and I wanted to see how it was because I knew it's you like couldn't passion. try it. Yeah, I can't I can't have it. I actually opened by telling him I can't eat this man's bread. Like I, I can't have it. I can't have yeah. uh, gluten. It's, it's it like, is it's so good. I know. It's my wife's favorite. It's Tasha's favorite bread or one of her favorite breads. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's really, really good. I can't even begin to tell you how motivational this is. It actually, it changed the way that I look at how, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. In the first few minutes of the interview, he starts by saying a very simple phrase that completely changed the way that I think about how we can look at our lives and what we're doing with them. That's and, and it only starts from there and just keeps going. That's how good this interview is. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry. On Thursday, you've yeah, got the No, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, I have uh, one of the founding members of BTS. Jonathan Reels uh, is going to be on my show. <laughs> Jonathan Reels is going to be on my show. And uh, we're going to be talking about making him a real boy. A real uh, boy. We're going to give him, we're gonna make, give him to the Jonathan Pinocchio treatment and... Find out how we can make Jonathan Reels a real boy. A I want to be a real boy. boy. I'm a real boy, uh, Jonathan Reels. <laughs> I can be a real boy with Jonathan Reels. Not the gumdrop buttons. Um, <laughs> so uh, tune in for that on Thursday at 8 o'clock. I can't tell you how it's going to go because mine are live. Um, and then after the writer's block, Join me on Clubhouse with uh, congressional candidate Travis Bull Johnson. Uh, actually, is that both of us or just me? I don't know. Is it, uh, is it in the calendar? <laughs> it's in the calendar. Uh, join both of us or me or both of us. You can join in too. Or both of uh, yeah. For a, uh, uh, for, um, yeah. For uh, Clubhouse with Clubhouse Travis Bull with Johnson. Travis Bull Johnson, who, congressional candidate. He was on my show two uh, weeks ago. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, and he's good then dude. on uh, Friday, join me at 9.30 uh, p.m. Eastern on Liberty Late Night uh, on Facebook. Uh, I think they're on t uh, um, YouTube as well. And then this weekend, I'm not going to be anywhere because it's the 4th of July weekend, and you should go shoot off fireworks and eat grilled meat and remember that the founders fought for – well, anyway. They, Isn't uh, July they, 4th uh, your anniversary day? Your show anniversary? Yes, July Fourth also happens to be the three-year anniversary of the of my show, but I'm not gonna have a. God, has it only been three years? It's only been three years. All wow. of this has happened in three years. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, right. And then on Sunday, so then, yes. I oh, then don't on know Sunday, if they're doing a show. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if they're doing. You might be able to tune in at three o'clock Eastern for Cajun and Eskimo from Bayous to Igloos. And I highly recommend you do it because their show is wonderful. If they have a show, uh, if, if not, they have a show, uh, yeah. don't. watch, watch last week's if you missed it. Watch if last week's, can. yeah. 
exactly. but no it's it's they they do if they produce a great well eskimo produces a great show cajun phones it in um but he does it with panache so you know it's kind of acceptable um and then next tuesday well next monday at 9 p.m join me on clubhouse with larry sharp the one oh. the only larry sharp who is i have so much fun with that man at these conventions he is such a cool guy uh join me on on clubhouse with larry sharp uh and then next tuesday right here join us for the muddy waters of freedom where matt wright and i parse through the week's events like the sweet little summer cherubs sweet boys that we are and then after that join us on is that clubhouse no i think that's on cajun show oh uh, join us on oh, a very special also episode. next tuesday sorry yes. next tuesday at 5 30 okay. i will be on clubhouse with adam freeman talking about nfts and the future of nfts before the muddied waters of freedom um i will be on clubhouse in the muddied waters media group room club uh, um in there with adam freeman where we will be discussing nfts the future of nfts and uh some of the projects he has been working on uh we're going to do like 15 minutes of him and i talking and then we're going to open it up for questions before the show and then after the muddy waters of freedom at like 10 ish we're doing on a special episode of uh the cajun libertarian we're doing libertarian jeopardy which is a fundraiser that Matt and I will be taking part in uh, to help raise money for this thing, right? Uh, Whether you can also give to gun, but it's for the same thing where uh, to raise money for the Muddy Waters team to get to Tunica, Mississippi. And you're probably thinking, why are you going to Tunica, Mississippi? Well, that's because we next, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that, we're going to be in Tunica, Mississippi at the Horseshoe yep. Casino and Resort uh, for the uh, Libertarian Party of Mississippi breaking boundaries for freedom for liberty event uh and you can find out more about that event by going to spikecohen.com and going to the event section that is there uh and you can register that, for that that event is going to be wild you you are going to have the cajun libertarian yeah and his disproportionately attractive wife you are going to have spike cohen and his disproportionately attractive wife we are equally attractive but thank you no you're not um and you are going to have me and my disproportionately attractive girlfriend that's fair but going back again to what i what i was saying you're biased because you're a heterosexual male i am actually very very attractive to gay men so and am i but i understand that women. She is more attractive to heterosexual males than I am to gay men. Your girlfriend, yeah. So if there were a bisexual person of any gender who came across me and my wife, they'd be having to flip a coin. Well, I guess actually they'd, they'd want either equally. Ricky Dale Harrington is also going to be there, uh, as is uh, Adam Kokesh and um, 
holy crap, there's a lot of cool people there. There's, there's a, lot a lot of people of, at this event. There's going to be a I think, lot I, of cool people at this thing. Holy I crap, think you, me, and Cajun are doing a show Saturday Night Live, like we're yeah. Muddied Water Saturday Night Live. This like, is going to be a n- really cool event. Yeah, this is going to be a great, great event. Definitely go spikecohen.com. Well, you can also go to lpms.org and they've got all the info there. But if you go to spikecohen.com and go to the event section, the info is there as well. Um, and then two other big things that are coming up. This is the following weeks. But uh, the following weekend, I'm going to be back in the Tampa Bay area for the uh, Spike and Philosopher uh, shooting event. That's the week well. after that. It's like the week after that uh, yeah. when Matt Wright uh, is going to be there as well. We're going to be shooting guns at yep. reload gun range the largest indoor gun range in the, the think america east coast some it's a big one it's a big one uh, it, and then the it, it's like the week, second largest in america i think and then I'd, the following week i'm going to be speaking at freedom fest that just came out uh we just finalized that i'm going to be one of the opening speakers at freedom fest and then I'm also going to be on multiple panels, two so far and possibly other ones at Freedom Fest. Um, and if you go to freedomfest.com uh, or you can go to spikecohen.com and go to the event section to find out more, um, you can register and, and come on out. It's going to be uh, at the uh, Mount Rushmore Center uh, in South Dakota. And I'm really excited about that. That's going to be the biggest liberty event in the country. Um, and I will be one of the opening speakers because that's my life now. <laughs> so, folks, I'm sure you were writing all that down, but in case you weren't, we'll just go <laughs> you just the gave them a month's worth of information. We'll the initial, yeah, the, the next month, because uh, uh, then the weekend after that, I'll be in uh, uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia, for the Con- Concerned Veterans of America event. But that's probably a bit too far out. Let's just talk about this coming week uh, tomorrow. My Fellow Americans, 8 p.m. Eastern with Dave Dahl. Uh, The day after, on Thursday, the Writer's Block with... um, with, uh, Jonathan Reels. uh, With Jonathan Reels and and Matt Wright. Uh, And then I'll be on Clubhouse with Travis Bull Johnson. Uh, On Sunday, which also happens to be the 30th anniversary of uh, My Fellow Americans, uh, I think there will be an episode of of Cajun and Eskimo, maybe? I don't know. There might be. Uh, And then on... Monday, join me on uh, Clubhouse with Larry Sharp. And then right back here next week, same same muddy place, same-ish muddy time. Hopefully, we'll be on time that time. Uh, join us for the next episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the little summer monkeys that we are. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. We love you so much. Uh, we couldn't do this show without you. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. Where we're going... We don't need roads. Because... Uh, if the guy, the you could have the ultralights, and if the government were to, were to to. They're not allowing ultralights to happen because you see there's a regulation on ultra. Oh wait a second, Matt! If someone were to look for us on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, where? Oh, are we doing it? Uh, I wasn't sure because of the Biden thing. Uh, hang on, let me. Got wires everywhere. It would be possible. Uh, all one would, uh, all one would have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. I thought we were doing this here. We like go scream in the other. Here, you do that, and I'll go. Oh, scream are we doing? Over here.
No, the, you go. You oh, go. we're doing. Okay. Yeah, no, you can, you can stay where you are and I'll be screaming. What? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Anchor.fm slash muddied waters media. Oh, just dot muddied waters. Slash muddied waters. And you can find all of our episodes. Every single episode is in that podcast. And you can do other things like leave us messages. Just leave us a message. We love it. And we give us money. Or donate. Or donate money. So that way we can Or whispering really close to a mic. Or you can find this in every other episode of MuddyWatersMedia.com. Well, that sounds fantastic. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. We'll see you next week. And we'll see you tomorrow and Thursday and everything else. But we'll see you next week for this show. And where we're going... We don't need roads. Because ultralights are... You got the five minute... They got a five gallons limit that sucks huh and we could all be flying around because that's safe and then uh and the government needs to back right off of my ultralight molan ultralight no no